Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. But I want to talk to you, and I want to be totally, like I am most weekends, but totally just open and transparent uh, with where things are at right now uh, in me personally, what's been going on, and what God's been speaking to me. Uh, because the last 17 weeks have been a little bit crazy for all of us. And, uh, and so here I am, and I'm having thoughts of, of fear, anxiety, and worry. And I have to think that if I'm having those, I might not be the only one. Uh, that maybe there are some other people that are having those, those same thoughts uh, swirling inside of them. And it's on a personal level, but it's also on a pastoral level. Um, like I just mentioned to you, we got this building, and we were in it for one year, and things are starting to ramp up, and man, things, man, new people are coming, and life is happening, and things are growing, and then we got to shut down, and as that happened, um, I began to ask God a lot of questions, like, couldn't have you just let us stay portable? Come on, somebody. Because if we were portable, then it wouldn't matter, right? We're not meeting in the building, we don't pay for it. Um, but now we're not meeting in the building, and we have to pay for it. And so I'm just like, God, why did you bring us here? What's going on right now? What is taking place? And um, and, and just a lot of fear around, uh, around how we're going to pay for it. Um, how is this going to work out? But also, I'll tell you where I've, I was feeling the most anxiety was thinking through how are we going to continue to reach and pastor people. Um, when you take 15 weeks off, listen, you know the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. Um, it's true in every scenario. And I started thinking about all the people and how are we going to reach them and how are we going to meet them and God, what's this going to look like and what are we going to do? And I, I literally found myself in a place of fear, worry, and anxiety. And I'm going to lump them all together today because they really stem from the same place. And I found myself having this. And here's the thing. Uh, as, as a pastor, I know theologically what I'm supposed to do. I know that I'm supposed to get into the word. It builds my faith. I know I'm supposed to pray. Um, I know I'm supposed to maybe go to some other brothers and sisters and share with them what's going on. Um, but you know what? It's, it's, it's easy to do that theologically, but when you're in the middle of it, are you with me this morning? And I found myself there, and I wasn't, I wasn't really like, like, like fully going to that place, and I just began to have conversations with God. And God began, to, God began to begin to deal with me and talk with me about some stuff. But then I felt like he said this, and this is why I want to talk about it today. He said, Ben, what you're experiencing is actually the greatest threat to the church. Fear, anxiety, and worry is actually the greatest threat to the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean organizationally. I don't mean Canvas Church. I mean, I mean you as a Christian, you as a Christ follower. The greatest threat you have. Listen, there is a real virus out there. Don't get me wrong. It's really out there. It's really happening. There are real race issues that have been taking place, but not just now. They've been going on for a while. Man, there are real political issues out there, and there's all of this stuff and all of that, but that is not the greatest thing that will attack your faith. The greatest thing that will attack your faith is fear. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says this. It says, and it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. Fear is the antithesis of faith. If you are operating from a place of fear and not of faith, then you cannot please God. That is what the scripture says. It is literally impossible. And so the greatest thing attacking us is, is fear, it's anxiety, it's, it's worry. It says anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. But see, faith has been an issue for a long time, because even in, in, in scripture, the question is asked, will God, will Jesus, when he returns, find faith? Check it out, Luke 
18.8 says, but when the Son of Man returns, that's Jesus, when he returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many? How many will he find that has faith? And the greatest thing, I believe with all my heart, that is attacking the church right now is fear. Now listen to me, what I'm not saying is I'm not saying that those who aren't in the building right now are operating in fear. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying those that chose to stay home today and they're watching online that they're in fear. Listen to me, it's, it's, it's 360, it's full circle. What I am saying though, listen, people stay at home because they understand the context of their health, where they're at, and they're doing the best they can under the circumstances to make choices that are right for them. What I am saying, though, is if that fear was at the baseline of making that decision, then there is a problem. But fear could have brought you to church today. Because if I don't go, someone doesn't see me there, what are they going to think about me? That's fear. So it doesn't matter if you're watching online or watching live right now in this, in this service. Fear, if fear brought you here, we need to deal with it. If fear is keeping you home, we need to deal with it. Because without faith... It's impossible to please God. But we have another option. I wanna read you the option. I'm gonna pray, share with you a few thoughts, and then, then we'll be done. Paul, as he writes to the church in Philippi to encourage them and strengthen them, in Philippians 4, verse 6, he says, don't worry. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the original thought there. It's anxious. Don't be anxious, but... All of them can be lumped together. Don't, don't worry, don't be anxious, don't have fear about anything. About what? Anything. In other words, any, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's about your health, it doesn't matter if it's about your marriage, it doesn't matter if it's about your kids, it doesn't matter if it's about your finances, it doesn't matter if it's about whatever it is. Listen, don't have worry, don't have fear, don't be anxious about anything. Now listen, the way it's written, it's written in such a way that lets you know fear, anxiety, and worry is an option. You can have that. That's why he's writing to them, because some of them did have it. So it is an option, but then he says, here's the option for a believer. Don't worry. Don't have anxiety, don't have fear about anything. Instead, in other words, there's another option. Pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Then, in that moment, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds any, anything you can't understand. Listen to what I said right there. You can't understand the peace that's going to come your way when you simply do the other option. Here's the reality of fear, anxiety, and worry. When we find ourselves in fear and anxiety and worry, what do we try to do? We try to understand it. We try to figure it out. We try to go and say, wait a second, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? How can I fix it? How can I deal with it? But look what the Bible says. The Bible says don't. Don't give into it. Instead, do this. Pray. Tell God what you need. Give him thanks. And in that moment, then the peace of God, which you can't even understand, will guard, listen to it now, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What does that tell me? It tells me sometimes fear is here and sometimes fear is here. Sometimes fear is rooted in our heart, but sometimes fear is right here just based on what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, the conversations I'm having. But listen to me, the longer it stays here, it'll eventually get here. But it doesn't matter. 
because there's an answer for wherever it's at. And the answer is the same. Tell God what you need, pray, and give him thanks. And then in that moment, peace of God will guard you. Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your word is awesome. Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would just teach us in this place. Lord, I pray for those that are operating out of fear, anxiety, and worry right now. God, I pray, Lord God, that they would move past it. I pray that they would say there's another option. I pray that they would go to that place of, of, of prayer and that place of telling you what they need and that place of, of changing their thought through thanksgiving to you. God, help us this morning. Lord, I pray. God, you help me create an environment for people to encounter your son, Jesus, know your incredible love, and understand the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let me give you the definition of anxiety uh, because that's kind of the original thought here. Although, once again, I believe they're all stemming from the same place. Anxiety, it's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. In other words, something's happening. I have no control over it. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, and therefore I have anxiety. I have worry. I have fear. And here's the thing. Anxiety, fear, and worry will make you say things, think things, do things that you wouldn't normally do. It's so true. I'll never forget the day that I, I realized that, that my wife, Katie, uh, was, was the one for me, and I was going to ask her to marry me. And now this August, we'll celebrate 23 years of marriage together. Come on, I know that might not sound like a big deal to some of you who've been married for 50-something years, but come on, 23 years we'll have been married. And, uh, and I still remember looking back to that, uh, that day. And uh, I wanted to be a good, you know, future uh, son-in-law. And so I thought, man, how I do this is gonna be so crucial. And so I wanted to do it the right way. And uh, my wife comes from a, a divorced family, and so she's got a great dad. She's also got a great stepdad and an incredible mom. And so I was, I was far away from her natural dad, and so I thought, you know what, I can't really drive to ask him, but I know for sure I have to drive and ask her mom. And so I, I just picked up the phone and called her dad one day and said, hey, um, Tom, you know, I'd like to marry your daughter. Do I have your blessing? He goes, absolutely, you have my blessing. I'm like, yeah, of course I do. I make a great son-in-law. Um, and so he goes, but you have to ask her mom. And I was like, yes, I know. I'm driving up uh, tomorrow to ask her. It's like a two-hour drive. So I'll never forget, man, so nervous, finished work, got off work, went and grabbed some flowers and drove up uh, to where she was working and uh, walking in through the, through the front and walked around to her. She was a lead lab tech and, um, and I walked around and, and there's all these people and all these people turn and they start smiling and saying things because they knew what was coming and, and so all of a sudden she turns around. The minute she saw me, she started crying and I'm like, is that a good thing or a bad thing, right? Like, um, and so I give her the flowers, and I'm like, hey, I just want to know um, if, you know, if, if, if I can marry your daughter. And she goes, absolutely, you will break a great son-in-law. And I'm like, yeah, of course I will. Um, she goes, but there's one thing. You need to ask her stepdad. And I was like, oh, oh, let me go back to the definition of anxiety real quick. A feeling of worry, nervousness, and unease typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Let me just tell you this. His name was Rocky, and it's not his real name. Come on, somebody. That ought to tell you something right there. And she just looks at me, you gotta ask, you gotta ask Rocky. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And I'm so nervous, and I'm so anxious. And so she goes, I'll dial. So she picks up the phone, dials. They have a little conversation. She goes, hey, there's someone here that wants to talk to you. And he's like, okay. 
I get on the phone, I'm like, Rocky? <laughs> He's like, Ben? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, what do you need? I was wondering if, if you would marry me. And I didn't even realize what came out of my mouth until he said, well, I'll have to talk to my wife, but I'm open to it. Come on, somebody, right? And I was like, what? And he goes, you just asked me to marry you. And I'm like, oh, man. See, fear and anxiety and worry will get you to say things, do things that you wouldn't normally do. When you are operating in fear, it'll cause you to have conversations, it'll cause you to go down a mental path, it'll cause you to say things, and yet the Bible says, hey, 77 times, do not fear, fear not. Don't have fear. Do not have fear. Don't do it. Don't have fear. Fear not. Don't have fear. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And see, it'd be so easy for us actually today to sit in here and be like, I don't have any fear. But listen to me. Fear is not just something that comes after you in moments like this. Fear is always trying to come after you because it can rob you of your faith. It might be fear about your financial future. It might be fear about a career. It might be fear about where I'm going to go to school or not go to school. It might be fear about future family or no future family. It might be fear about, about my health, whatever it might be. Listen to me. Fear is constantly coming after you. I just think what's happened is it's being brought to the surface in this moment with all that's happening in our culture. And I want to make sure you understand this. I am not saying that those that are here don't have fear and those that are online have fear. Listen, man, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. Listen, I mean, let's, let's be honest. We're judging people all the time. We've talked about it through this series, right? No, those that are wearing a mask have fear. Listen to me. I wear a mask, and I'm not giving in to fear. But I am being smart and wise under the circumstances with the knowledge I have. And if the knowledge I have says that this will help stop the spread of a virus that is real, then I'll wear the mask. Some people say, nah, pastor, I studied it. It doesn't help the spread this, uh, you know, stop the spread of the virus. I don't know. They're not even scientists. Come on, are you with me? I saw it on a Facebook post somewhere, right? Like, I don't, I don't know, okay? But I do know this. If someone seeing me with a mask on stops their fear, then I'll put a mask on because I don't want to be a spreader of fear. I want to be a spreader of faith. So I'll put the mask on. And hopefully it does stop the spread of the virus, but one thing I know it helps stop is it stops the spread of fear. And I want to be a person that spreads faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Listen to me. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you've been wrestling with it. I have. And I'd like to say I'm through it. I'd like to say I'm on the other side. I'd like to say that I know exactly how this thing works out. I'd like to say that, man, you know, tomorrow, the, the, you know, all of this stuff is going to fade away and the church is going to be full again and all the needs are going to be met and we're going to move forward and reach our city. But you know what happens? Fear and anxiety start to creep up. And Paul says in Philippians, you don't have to give into it, Ben. There's another option. You don't have to give into it. There's another, there's another option. And this is why we need to hear this, because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. But know this, if faith comes by hearing, fear comes by hearing as well. If, if, if what I hear in God's word builds up faith, the enemy knows that, then he's gonna start to say other things that try to tear down your faith and cause fear to rise up in your life. We see it over and over again in scripture. First Samuel chapter 17, probably one of the greatest pictures of it. 
This is where David gets to the battlefield and begins to fight Goliath. But before he fights Goliath, the Bible actually says that, that Jesse, his dad, sends him out with a pizza to meet his brothers. Come on, somebody. Some loaves of bread and some cheese. That's a pizza right there. Or a quesadilla. You figure it out. I don't care. And when he gets to the front lines, finds his brothers, there's this giant up there taunting all the children of Israel, saying, hey, I'm going to kill you all, and I'm going to destroy you, and I'm going to... The Bible says you've been doing this every morning and every night. And every time they come out, the children of Israel would run in fear. Because of what they heard constantly. David gets to the front lines hearing it for the first time. And he's like, wait a second. Who is this guy? I'm going to kill him. I'm going to take him out. It's a great story. You should read it. I'm going to take him out. And everybody confuses his faith with arrogance. But the reason he could have faith in that moment is because he hadn't been listening to the enemy over and over and over and over and over again. One of the best things you can do is be wise, but turn off the news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's true, right? What you hear. I mean, let's be honest. How many of you in here have had a pain in your body before? Raise your hand or say you're a liar right? And your first stop is Google. Come on, somebody. Why is there a pain in my big right toe? Ah! What's the matter, babe? I'm dying. Why? I don't know. There's a pain in my big right toe, and it says it could either be I bumped it or I'm on my, you know, I got five minutes left to live. Come on, somebody. Y'all been there before? Y'all done that before? Right? Yeah. Tell us about what you hear. So what's, what's the answer to my fear, my anxiety, and worry? Paul breaks it down right here. Let me give it to you real quickly. What's the answer? Number one, look at what he says. Hey, don't be anxious. Instead, pray. Pray. Talk to God. Have a conversation. Pray. Don't Google. Pray. When you are faced with fear, anxiety, worry, pray. Talk to him. Pray. And here's the thing. When you pray, listen, prayer is, a, is like a conversation. It's a two-way thing. Prayer, prayer isn't a lecture. Prayer isn't you doing all the talking and then getting up and leaving. That's not a conversation. That's a lecture. And I'm done with college. Come on, somebody. It's all online right now anyway. I don't want, God doesn't want, God wants to have a conversation. Because here's what happens in a conversation, right? Like, how many of you guys have had that friend before that you, you can't talk to them because they do all the talking? She's like, I'm, yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, that's, but when you pray, it's a conversation. And here's what happens in the conversation. When you pause long enough from talking, God begins to fill you as he speaks with his peace. He begins to speak, speak to you, and he begins to bring you comfort, and he begins to bring you hope, and he begins to bring clarity. He begins to bring an alternative. He begins to bring a solution. But you got to pause. As a matter of fact, if you read in, uh, further on the scripture, the very next verse, it says, set your mind on these things. Well, how do you do that? Through prayer? You set your mind on those things. You, you, you allow God to fill you 
up with his thoughts rather than, rather than your, own, your own thoughts. But you got to pray. you got to pray. Now, here's the thing. I, I, several years back, man, my prayer life changed. And it changed because I began to study out Luke chapter 11, where Jesus' disciples come to him and say, hey, will you teach us to pray? Like John taught his disciples. Jesus says, okay, when you pray, say. In other words, when you pray, open your mouth, say something. But then he says this, when you pray, say, Abba, Father, Daddy. In other words, right there, right on the onset of teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, here's the context. Here's what prayer looks like. Prayer looks like a conversation with your dad. Some of you sitting in here right now, you said, well, I didn't have a very good dad. Some of you sitting here, I had a non-existent name. I don't even know who my dad is. And so for you, that might be confusing just for a moment, but here's what you need to understand. The Bible is presupposing the idea of a good father and what a good father looks like. Because here's the deal, whether you had a good dad or not, you can look around and say, that's a good dad. You know what one looks like. And so when he says, when you pray, say Abba, say Father, he's introducing the idea that, hey, you need to have a conversation, and that conversation looks a lot like one you would have with your dad. Now, now that, that set me free, because when I look back at the conversations I have with my dad, I could talk with my dad about anything. I could talk to my dad about the small things, I could talk to my dad about the big things. I could talk to my dad about girls, come on somebody. I could talk to my dad about sports, and although he didn't even always understand it, man, he sat there and he listened. Here's the greatest thing about the conversations with my dad is we could pick up right where we left off. Not only that, the conversation I had with my dad never had to be scheduled. I could pick up the phone. I could knock on his office door. I could drive to his office. My dad was always there for me. Your heavenly father's here for you right now. In the, your, your moment of anxiety, your moment of fear, your moment of worry. This isn't like a one-off. It's not like, well, he's usually there for me, but this moment right now, I don't know. Now he's with you all the time. And so you can either choose to have fear and anxiety and worry, or you can choose to pray. You can choose to pray. He says, pray, and he says this, tell him what you need. It's a petition. Listen, when you're in that moment of prayer, Hey, he's not afraid of your needs. Neither was my dad. Listen, I could go to my dad for anything, right? Like not, not only conversation, but I could say, hey, dad, I need this, I need that, especially when I was younger, right? Hey, dad, my kids do it to me all the time. Dad, I need to do a pair of Jordans. And I'm like, hmm, that might be a want, not sure that's a need, right? And here's the thing. Even in your conversations with your heavenly father, there's gonna be things you think you need, and he might be like, uh, you might pray, God, I really need out of this circumstance and situation. And his response could be like, eh, that's a want, that's not a need. Because I'm teaching you something as you walk through this situation. He knows what you need. But it says right here, ask him. You could be anxious, you could worry, you can do that, that's an option. Or you could say, forget that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna flat out tell him what I need. What do you need today? What is it? What, what's happening in your life right now? 
Because again, worry, fear, and anxiety is not a momentary thing. It's gonna come after you. But don't give into it. Where's the area that you have fear and worry and anxiety right now? Tell him what you need. Number three, and he says this. I love this one. This might be my favorite one. You're going to pray? Talk to him. Tell him what you need. Check this out. Give thanks. Did you see that in there? Pray. Tell him what you need. And give him thanks. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. Like, I'm in the middle of fear and worry and anxiety, and you want me to give him thanks? Yeah, give him thanks. Learn to give him thanks while you're in the middle of it rather than when you're on the other side of it. Learn to give him thanks. Thank him. Literally what it does is it's changing the whole entire conversation. It's changing the whole entire environment inside of you. It's changing all of those things. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys in here, you had to have a really tough conversation with somebody before? I guess only four of you. Some of you need to have more conversations. You ever had to have that tough conversation? And before you have the tough conversation, you rehearse what that conversation is going to look like in your mind. Y'all do it. And here's the thing. Since we're human, we're prone to negativity rather than positivity. And what happens is, is we say, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say this. And then they're going to say that, and then I'm going to respond this way, and then this is going to happen, and then they're probably going to bring up this, so then I'll say that. And you build up this whole thing, and now you're so anxious about having this conversation because you already know how it's going to play out. How many of you ever got to that conversation, and it played out completely different? And it went totally good, and then you walk out, and you're like, I knew that was going to happen. What's happening? What's happening is we are prone to the negative. We're not prone to the positive. We build things up. We walk in worry and fear and anxiety. But hear what Paul is saying. He's saying this. Hey, man, talk to God. Say a prayer. Tell him what you need. But right now, as you're going through it, before you even get to the tough conversation, before you even know the outcome, before you even know the answer, give him thanks. Worship him. Praise him. Honor him. You know that's why there's a whole entire book called Psalms in the Bible? What was it? It was them rehearsing all of the great things that God had done in their life. And if he can do it then, he can do it again. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we just look back a little bit and see, wow, God was really good here. Maybe he'll be really good in this moment. And you begin to give him thanks right now in the middle of your worry, in the middle of your fear, and in the middle of your anxiety. And there I was sitting there worrying about all of this stuff, thinking about, about people and thinking about finances and thinking about maybe I should go be a car salesman. Come on, somebody. And I remember sitting there worrying about the building. Seriously, I kid you not, I'm worried. And all of a sudden, God's like, Ben, wasn't it a miracle that got you into this building? I'm like, yes. He goes, do you remember the statements you made the first three months from this stage as you were in this building and how you declared it was a miracle that got us here to be a miracle that will keep you here? And I'm like, God's using my own words against me. And I literally told him, I said, that's not fair. You're using my own words against me. And he's like, you do it to me all the time. And there I was. He says, Ben, there's another option. Why don't, why don't you just stop and pray about it, Ben? 
When's the last time you prayed about it? When's the last time you just told me what you need? And when's the last time you came in the last 15 weeks when no one could gather on a Sunday morning, you just walked through here and just thanked me for what I'm doing? And just gave me praise and gave me worship. See, that we have an option. We can walk in fear or we can walk in faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. So I want to ask you this question. Where is the area of fear in your life? Where's the area of fear? Where's that area? Listen to me. Here's what we do. We trust God for these things, but I'm not sure he can do this. We believe God in these moments, but not this. I'll even take it one step further. Here we are this morning, and we gathered, and we worshiped, and we sung. This is recorded, and it's going to be online. Why did we do that? Because I will stand before God one day and give an account for Campus Church and how I led it. And my conviction, based on Scripture, the way I read it, and I'll be the first to admit I could be wrong, says that singing to God is worship. And I feel so con convinced and convicted of that. I even told, told the leadership team, after we talked about it and put it to a vote, I said, you know what, if I would have been the only one, which I wasn't, if I would have been the only one that came back and said we need to worship, I'm so convicted on this one that you would have had to tie me up and throw me in the janitor's closet. Because we're going to worship on Sunday. We're going to sing on Sunday. Some of my friends would say, yeah, but, but Ben, this is different. It's a pandemic. And maybe it is, and maybe I'm wrong. To God, God wouldn't want us, God wouldn't want us to put ourselves in danger. And I had to pause and think about that for a moment. And I was reminded of a, of a story in the Old Testament about where God did exact, exactly that thing. When he said, Hey Jehoshaphat, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put the worshipers out front of the army. And I want them to go forth in front of the army. And I want them to sing and I want them to shout. You don't think those people were worried? In the context of the story, there's only one that heard from God. His name was Jehoshaphat. They're just taking the king at his word. Hey, we'll do it. Listen to me again. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm just trying to share it through my context. I'm not saying that if you showed up and sang this morning that you have incredible faith. Not showing it, I'm not saying that if you didn't show up this morning and sing that you don't have incredible faith. My question to you is this though, is where is the area that faith lacks and fear is setting in and worry is setting in and anxiety is setting in? Because that's the loophole for the enemy. That's the area he'll begin to attack and work overtime. And, and, and one day, I, I kid you not, because I've had these conversations, you will find yourself saying, my faith works for that, but not so much for that. And that is not God's plan, and that's not God's design for our life. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. God, we thank you for your word. Go and stand to your feet this morning. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome, it's living, it's amazing. God, I pray we would walk away today encouraged. 
whether we're watching online, whether we're watching live or here live in service, we walk away encouraged today. God, that no matter where we're at in this spectrum, that our faith would be built. Our faith would come to a new level. Hallelujah. Every area of our life, pleasing you. Every area of our life, pleasing you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're listening right now online, live in service, you're listening right now and you would say, man, if that's the church, I want to be a part of that family. That's what the bride of Christ, that's what the kingdom of God, I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want, I want to, I, I can do that. I want to be one that doesn't walk in worrying anxiety. I don't want to be one, the one that talks to God and tells him what I need and is rejoicing all the time and giving thanks. I can do that. If you're here, or maybe you're watching online, you'd say, man, I need Jesus in my life. I don't have him, I need him. If that is you, I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Just shoot your hand in the air. Anybody in this building, I need Jesus. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a part of that church yet. I'm not a part of the kingdom yet, but I want to be a part of it. Maybe you're online and you're saying, man, that's me. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray this prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I love you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you're the son of God and that you can do that. So right now, I confess my sins to you. Now right now in this moment, I just believe the Holy Spirit's pointing some things out to people that are tuned in online, maybe right here in the service. And come on, just confess those things to him right now that are that's sin in your life. He's bringing it to your attention. Just give it to him. I say, forgive me for this. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for this. Forgive me for that. Hallelujah. And then say, Jesus, I believe that you rose from the grave so that today I could rise and have a brand new life in you. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Holy Spirit, fill me. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.